ready to claim your voice, presence, and power on stage? Feeling that it's time to reinvest in your craft? Take your artistry to the next level and energize your career with Shakespeare & Company's renowned Center for Actor Training. Shakespeare & Company offers accessible weekend intensives in cities across the country, as well as immersive residential workshops on its beautiful 33-acre campus in the heart of the Berkshires. Union tuition discounts and BIPOC artist scholarships are available. For more information, visit shakespeare.org. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. I sometimes wonder when you hear about like De Niro or something to play Al Capone. He goes and lives in Italy for seven months and like, what is he doing? I'm like, you're never interacting with anybody else. So what are you doing? Well, I mean, obviously he's doing something because yeah. it's amazing. It works. But it, it works. But it's like, I need to start interacting with people. And then I start learning more about the character too, by interacting with the other actors. Welcome to another new episode of In the Envelope, the actors podcast. I am your host, backstage senior editor, Vinny Mancuso, and somehow, someway, this is my 50th episode hosting this show. Truly, it has been an absolute joy, an absolute honor, getting to have these conversations with these ultra-talented actors and creators, and I cannot thank anyone enough who has listened to this show, uh, whether it's been one episode, 50 episodes, anywhere in between. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm feeling especially thankful to our guest today. I could not have asked for a better guest for interview number 50. Joining us today is the legend himself, Paul Giamatti. You know him, you love him. He's an Oscar nominee, an Emmy winner, a four-time SAG winner. Uh, he has one of the most eclectic character actor resumes of all time, from blockbusters like The Amazing Spider-Man to intense TV dramas like Billions and pretty much everything in between. Uh, he's the best. Paul Giamatti's the best. And he's here to talk about all of it, as well as his latest project, which is garnering very big Oscar buzz, The Holdovers. Now, The Holdovers reunites Paul with director Alexander Payne, uh, who of course directed him in one of his most acclaimed roles, uh, 2004's Sideways. Uh, in The Holdovers, Paul plays Paul, a classics professor at the New England boarding school Barton Academy in the winter of 1970. The movie is an incredible throwback. It's also a Christmas movie. And once Christmas rolls around, Paul is forced to spend the holiday alone with his most troubled student, Played by Dominic Sessa in his first ever on-screen role. Uh, he was quite literally plucked from a drama department for this movie. As well as the school's cafeteria administrator, played by Divine Joy Randolph, who is also truly, truly incredible in this film. The whole cast, incredible. 
And Paul was so great here talking to us, uh, sharing all that goes into a role like the holdovers, working with somebody as fresh as Dominic Sessa, and also how he himself has changed as an actor over the years since the beginning. Uh, speaking of, we also, maybe most importantly, get into the mystery of why the slasher film, the 1989 slasher film, I, Madman, is Paul Giamatti's first credited role on Wikipedia, which is apparently not true. We get to the bottom of that. Let's get right into it. Here is Paul Giamatti. Paul, how's it going? Hi. Good, how are you? Good, it's so lovely to meet you, and it's, I'm so glad you could be here, uh, especially to talk about The Holdovers, which was generally so, so incredible. Just a warm bath of a movie, you know, it's just something that, that's a movie I could just live in the vibe for. for... That's awesome. Good to hear, thank you. Um, but before we, you know, before we dive specifically into the movie, something I find so interesting is the way people are credited in movies. And of course, uh, Dominic, got the and introducing credit in this film and i was wondering if you ever got the and introducing credit i don't think any i think that's not something i think that's something people stopped doing in like the 80s kind of didn't they the 70s it's a kind of period thing i think in some ways do people still do it i don't know i said to alexander you're going to do the and introducing thing because you're going to do all the 70s credits and he said yeah i don't think i ever did no i, I doubt i ever did what would have been your your and introducing credit i have a hard time remembering what the first thing i did on film was so i was uh, looking at your you know three year MVP page and it, it says sure. your first your first on-screen role is um uncredited in i madman is that true <laughs> i madman what is that? I, I, that's what it says on the internet. I madman. So it says I'm uncredited. It says you're uncredited as um, detective who picks up the phone <laughs> in 1980s. In what? In when? I think it was 1989. Take a look at this. Who directed it? Who did they? I'm glad that I'm getting to the bottom of this mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I've Not, never heard this before. 1989, directed by Tibor Tukox. Keyboard to cops, of course. <laughs> no, I have no idea what that is. I've never, I don't think I was ever in a movie called I, Madman, directed by T-Board to cops. <laughs> well, uh, I'm hoping or that playing, the... What was it? Detective uh, who... Detective who picks up the phone. Picks up the phone. No. Well, I hope the person who runs your IMDb page is listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to take that off. No, I, never, I was never in that. No. Nope. I don't know where that... That's so fascinating. I wonder who... Or how? <laughs> or how? That's so interesting. There must have been some guy who worked in the Tibor Cox movie <laughs> who looks like me in 19... Trying to get a little, you know, juice on the movie. And you're like, we were we were Paul Giamatti's first on screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. was never in anything called I, Madman, where I played it. I'm glad that we have started the podcast, broken no, some Oh, this news. is fantastic, actually. <laughs> it's super interesting. Boy, it's just the fascinating world of the internet. The yeah, weird, well, I was going to ask. I mean, you know, that's your... world of the internet. That's your record, you know? That's, that's, that's your yes. resume and exactly i have no control over it <laughs> right yeah. now it says you got your start in iman <laughs> well i'm gonna like i think that's let's let's claim that that's what i did yeah I honestly like if you're okay with that i was a detective on the phone <laughs> absolutely <laughs> tybor to cox was incredible to work with <laughs> 
Um, I love that. Um, well, let's let's but jump. Actually, I don't remember. I don't. Aside from knowing I didn't do that, I don't. I'm not sure what was the first thing I did. I know there were three or four things I did around the same time, and I can't remember which one was first. I think the next thing is like uh, past midnight or. Um, uh-huh. That would probably be the first. That would probably. I mean, I'll I'll say yes. That was the first thing I did. So introducing Paul Giamatti is whatever my name was <laughs> in that. Um, that's incredible. Uh, and I do think, you know, I, I had such a good time just like looking at your IMDb page because it is it is a, a, a long, varied, really just incredible career. Uh, and it has brought us here to The Holdovers. Very good. Which is just, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites of the year. It's one of those movies that really surprised me because you know, I, I went in not really knowing much. Um, good. Just that it was sort of a pastiche and it... it it really touched me. It was. It's incredibly. It's an incredibly moving film. Um, so I want to. I want to start off by uh, bringing up the fact that your character, Paul, uh, he hands out uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius uh, as Christmas as Christmas gifts. Um, is that something that you yourself have read? Um, are are versed in it all, or is that a, a, or is that a character? <laughs> I'm a, it. I, I read it. I had to read some of it in a class once. Um, not in Latin, but in English, and uh, so I've read it. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything in particular that's that stuck out to you? No, I just remember it seems it's very uh, sage. A lot of it's very kind of like don't worry about things so much is what I remember taking away from it, and sort of just just try to be calm. I mean, I remember it seeming like Buddhism or something, uh, that kind of thing. But I don't remember anything specific from it. It was a long time ago. I love that. That's sort of, you know, that's that's what an actor does. <laughs> you don't have to be, you don't have to uh, know every single detail of it to play a person who does know. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't read it again. I had a, I did have a copy sitting around. I'd look at it during this thing, but I didn't read the whole thing. So you've, you've I've seen you speak before about how, you know, the so much of this is in the script. Um, you've you've really praised the script. You, you, you everything's in there. You know, it's 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 what you want from as an actor. So I'm I'm curious. You know, as someone who has such that that wide ranging IMDb page, as an actor who's done every single kind of role, is there something that you recognize that that is that is clicking for you? Is there something when you read a script or analyze a script where you're you hone in on something? It's like, oh, this is the one. This is one that I can do. I honestly, and it sounds, it sounds like I'm being facetious. I'm not. If I actually am compelled to keep reading it, that's actually a sign that something's interesting. And so, I, you know, it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but the story just simply has to be interesting to me. And that can be any kind of thing. I mean, that can be a whatever. I never know what that's going to be. And I'd like to stay open to it being any kind of genre or any sort of thing. And I usually notice if I begin saying the lines... If I, as I'm reading it, if I start doing it, something's interesting to me about it. And then frequently there'll be some little moment in the thing that makes me go, oh, I want to, this is great. I want to do this. And it can be the most weird, random thing that makes me want to do something. And um, yeah, yeah. Has that changed at all? You know, has, has, has. No, I think it's only become more that. I think I actually was more, when I was younger, concerned <laughs> with playing. <laughs> Not an I mad man. But <laughs> yeah, I, when you read the script. <laughs> when I was detective, when I was with Tybor Takax, uh, I was, um, no, I was more concerned with what's the role? Mm-hmm. What's the part? Is it a great part kind of thing? And that's become less and less interesting to me over time. And I've become more and more interested. In film, it, it, it's not so true on stage. 
the part. But on film, it's the movie that's going to matter. It's the story that's going to matter. And great performance or whatever is great, but it's the movie that's going to matter. It's the story. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited by being a part of an interesting story more and more. I'm not necessarily worried about whether I have such a great, shining, amazing role or something like that. You mentioned, you know, if you start saying the lines out loud or if you, you, you mentioned a, a moment, are you automatically reading the script as an actor or does that have to, does there have to be a transition there? Interesting. I think not so much, like I was saying. I think not so much that I'm looking at the story, but then obviously something starts firing off and I start doing the lines because I want to be in that story. So, but but I think it's, and then it becomes a bit more as an actor because it's exciting my imagination, but I definitely, it's more the story starting with. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then how how for you then does the uh, does the work begin? You know, once you decide... I am going to approach this as an actor. This is not just a script I'm reading. What's the the next thing? You know, what's the the, the next thing you do? I, I mean, it's different almost every time. It's boring to say, but it's true. <laughs> I will then read the script over and over and over and over again. And that will start to, and hopefully if I have the time to read it many, many, many times like I'd like to, I'll, not, I'll no longer be thinking about the lines. And I'll, and I'll no longer be conscious of that kind of thing. And that 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 helps. And so, I mean, it's boring, but it's where I start from, because if it is a good script, and even if it's not a great script, I'll start getting stuff from just the words. I'll start, hopefully, getting my imagination. And then I don't know. It depends. It's all different things. Sometimes I feel like I need to learn more about a specific thing. You know, the character's a boxing manager, so I want to hang out with boxers because it's interesting and going to help me, and I have to learn how to wrap the guy's hands and stuff like that. Sometimes I don't feel like I need to do that. Sometimes I feel like I need to do historical research or something. It all depends. I think I, I don't know whether I'm the sort of inside out, outside in actor. It seems to vary from thing to thing. You know, I, I definitely am cued by things from outside me. And the more I read the script, the more I'll think of things. Sometimes I have an accent. I'll work on the accent. The accent will change me. You know, so I, I never know. Unfortunately, it's very undisciplined and all over the place. <laughs> well, that almost makes it. But simply reading the thing over and over again is mm -hmm. a huge. I did just want to mention real quick that you you sort of drive by mentioned Cinderella Man. Uh, I just want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate that movie. This is going to sound uh, fake, but James Braddock is my great uncle. You're kidding me. Um, my grandmother was at the premiere. It was, okay. <laughs> and I guess I guess she might she might technically be in the film as a baby. <laughs> she maybe there there were family members yeah. also in the film. There's that actress, that terrific actress is in it who's like his great niece or something. Yeah. Uh, she's great. And there were all these people. I, I've met a lot of people who are related to James. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No, it's really fascinating. I've met a lot of people. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was that, that, that movie meant a lot to my family. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that it meant a lot to people who are related. It's a great movie. Unfortunately, we are not here talking about Cinderella Man. We're here talking about The Holdovers. That's okay. Um, I am curious because I saw you mention, and, and the character of Paul is, is one with many layers um, that sort of are removed throughout the film, or he discovers that they even exist uh, uh -huh. throughout the film. So I, I saw you mention that that his, you know, he has this sort of uptight by the book nature that is more of a, a constructed persona, something he puts on himself. So when you're when you're building this performance, when you're, you know, working with Alexander and you're sort of figuring out who this guy is, how do you add those layers 
I think a lot of that I'm, I'm thinking of and I'm conscious of after the fact mm -hmm. that that's sort of what was going on. And there's some weird way in which the tone of the piece almost presents a guy who at first seems like a caricature of one of these people. And I went to one of those schools and had only about 10 years after this movie takes place, I was at one of those schools. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those men are still there. And there's a shtick. You know, they've built a shtick and teachers have a shtick and teachers like that really have a shtick. And in some ways, there's a way in which he's playing the part of being this kind of teacher and he's and it's it feels comfortable to him because this is the world he's found that he's comfortable in and he's he's gotten it all down and as you say it disappears over time but i think part of it was in the character and in the script in a funny way when i look at it now i wasn't conscious of it necessarily then mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you're, you're kind of an actor that does not have a set no, process. I don't, unfortunately. No, no. which is always very fascinating yeah, to me. I don't really have a set process, no. no. Does, is that something that... <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but did you decide to no. not have a process? Or did you develop not having a process? Or did you just sort of find that as sort of, you know, Rolling Stone gathering moss? You just kind of... No, I think it was just the way it kind of developed. I mean, I went to a drama school where I was taught all kinds of techniques. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know that I, I rely on them or go back to them particularly anymore. I, I don't think I do. Maybe they were unconsciously in there. And some of them are sort of physical techniques with voice and stuff, which I really don't. But some of them were acting techniques, but I didn't sort of stick to them or anything like that. You know, they were all sort of useful. No, I, I, I think it's just a sense of it'll come. I'll figure it out. And I'm not alone. I'm going to have other actors there. And when they show up and I start acting with them, that's when it really starts making sense to me is when I start interacting with the other people. Mm -hmm. It's fine and good to sit alone in a room for a while. And it's an interesting thing. I sometimes wonder when you hear about like De Niro or something to play Al Capone, he goes and lives in Italy for seven months. And like, what is he doing all that? Because <laughs> I'm like, you're never interacting with anybody else. So what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because me, the interacting with other people i mean obviously he's doing something because yeah. it's amazing it works but it, it works but it's like i need to start interacting with people and then i start learning more about the character too by interacting with the other actors and stuff and then the director and stuff like that but no i don't really have a set process of that did, did you have to then learn to trust that it would that it would come you know i i, I feel like um if that's if that's how you approach things that brings an added something to every project where you're like, I hope it, <laughs> hope it comes. I hope it works. Yeah. yeah, no, there is a bit of that. There is a little bit of that, of a kind of like, I don't know, we'll see. But I think that's the case with film all the time. I mean, I would, I would wager a lot of people feel, I worked with Dustin Hoffman and I, the fascinating process of this kind of repetition of things and playing around with it. And, and I realized after a while, what he's doing is he's just getting it all out there. He's going to leave it all on film so that and he's figuring it out while it's going on you know and he's and he and it's happening in front of you and it's like he doesn't necessarily know you you think maybe those guys show up knowing stone cold what they're going to do but there's a lot of just trusting it and not and letting it go and letting it happen and being deliberately unprepared somehow skillfully unprepared you know and like able to just rely on your skill I'm not at the level those guys have been at ever, but it's like, you know, I, there's a lot of just trusting it's going to come together. I think skillfully unprepared is a, a really great way to put it. Um, 
But, you know, you mentioned that a lot of it comes from interacting with other actors. I have to imagine it was a very unique scenario on The Holdovers. You're working with Dominic, who has never been on camera before mm -hmm. um, and, and, and just sort of reads very natural on camera. So I'm curious, you know, what working with him taught you or, you know, or what that taught you about yourself or like what, no, what, what, no. what... I, it, it, there was a way in which it sort of mimicked the experience of the guy with the kid in some ways, you know, that I was sort of like, I mean, I thought he was terrific from the get go, but there was this kind of pleasure of watching this guy unfold and get even better and better as he was going along the way the guy does a little bit with the, with the kid, which was sort of nice. So it felt like it was giving us a lot of the reality and truth of the piece was coming out of me and him just having to be together in the situation we were in as actors. Um, I was saying the other day that there was a way in which his newness and his, I mean, look, he really had no problems. Mm -hmm. People keep saying, are you mentoring him? I'm like, no, I didn't have to do anything <laughs> really for him. He was terrific and comfortable. Um, but there was a really nice way that his, his newness and his seriousness of purpose and stuff, he would be very thoughtful and advocate for his character in a way that sometimes I've forgotten in a way because I've gained a lot of professionalism and I'll come in and do my stuff. But there's a, there's a way in which over the years too, I've trained myself to just be a guy who goes, okay, that's what I'm doing. You want to tell me something different? Tell me what to do. You want me to go where? You want me to do what? And sometimes I don't let myself stop and think about stuff. And sometimes I watch him and go, good for you. You're letting yourself think. You're letting yourself advocate for the character. And in a lot of ways, I kind of have forgotten to do that sometimes. It's like, I'll just be like, okay, sure, whenever I can do that, if you want me to do that, I can do this, I can do all this stuff. It's great. I have the level of skill that might be different if his, than his, but there was a thoughtfulness that was really nice. And it, it's, it, it is, it is wild. The, the, his comfort on camera is, is, is crazy. Truly something to behold. Right. Um, I, I have, I've seen that. Um, I've seen you say that Alexander Payne does not have a place for you to watch. Um, your takes, which I, I I think is unusual. That's not it's that's, that's, unusual. Is that something you like? <laughs> How does that change things? I hadn't encountered it until I worked with him. I mean, I started acting in the nineties on film uh, with Iman. With Iman, yeah, of course. As, our, as all of our and, listeners know, and, and Ibor, Tybor, Ivan, <laughs> he he relies on the monitor. Now, I there was. You know, the monitor is just a set piece of the of the whole process now. And uh, I think a lot of people couldn't conceive of doing it without a monitor. And and I've never liked it. And I've always found it in a lot of ways off-putting. I mean, it's useful. It's been useful sometimes to go and look at something. A lot of the times it's for physical stuff. You'll look at something and go, oh, I should probably be mm -hmm. more over this way. That'll look better. You know, and stuff like that. And it's fine. I mean, it's good to look at yourself and stuff. I think after the fact more than during it, but I think it creates all kinds of issues and problems that were all eliminated by Alexander not not having one around, and I had never encountered it before. There's a more there's a greater sense of humanity to have him actually standing there. It eliminates a lot of busy work. It reduces the crew. Unfortunately, the video feed guys don't have a job on his movies, but but it also creates one level single workspace. There aren't two workspaces. Mm -hmm. There is. This place where everybody sits who's kind of the more important people on their phones drinking their lattes and like you know kind of bored and watching this thing over there i think it's deceptive i think it can deceive you as you watch it 
you start to get an unnecessary direction from people because you get bored watching take after take. When you're standing there, I don't think you get bored in the same way. There's a lot of things I think it's a huge, makes a huge difference. Is there a, a note you can remember that, that would give people an idea of what you and Alexander's working relationship is like? Is there, is there a, a note he gave you that, that sticks out to you? Well, there's definitely, I mean, I can remember doing a, a thing in Sideways when he, where there's a scene where my, my ex-wife's telling me she's pregnant and, and he was seeing something I was starting to do very early on in the takes and he kept kind of bringing it out to me and, and it was a funny dance through like three, four takes or something. And it was kind of, and he kept coming up to me and go, this is great. Like, I don't know what it is, but you, and then finally he came up to me in the last take and he said, don't ever stop smiling. Whatever you do, do not stop smiling. Don't let her see you not smiling. And it was, that was it. And it was like, but his sensitivity to what I was doing, it sounds very simple, but the sensitivity to it, it, a lot of it's unspoken with me and him, which is why it's great. You know, and he trusts, he hires the people to do the job that he trusts are going to do the job. And so he, he doesn't give you a lot of direction if he doesn't think you need it. And he's really, that's a real skill, knowing when to tell you something and when not to. So he doesn't do a lot. We don't do a lot of talking about it. I mean, I do think of a thing, it's a longer story, but it, and it's Please, not- Please, we have plenty of time. <laughs> we really, there was a funny thing out of the one, probably the one moment of disagreeing with him was on this movie where we had a disagreement and it was, there's a scene where I come in at the end and I'm talking to the parents and, and I'm going to lie to them, but I'm going to try to convince the woman to let the kid not take the kid out of school or whatever. I don't even remember. But I came in and we were rehearsing the scene and I sat down at a certain point in the rehearsal because I had this impulse to sit down and try and really get close to her and sit down. And we rehearsed and he came up to me and he said, talk to me about sitting down. And I said, well, I don't know. I just, you know, I had an impulse and I was, you know, I don't know. I felt, anyway, I couldn't, because I'm not very good at articulating this stuff. And he kind of went, hmm, I don't know. I think you should stand. And I said, no, no, no. And we kind of parted ways, and clearly he walked off going, hmm, sitting down. And I walked off going, hmm, standing up. And we came back to shoot the scene because they were set up, and he goes, sitting down. I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Sit down. I said, no, 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 no. I want to try standing up one time with this rehearsal. One more time we rehearsed it. I stood up, and I said, no, you're right. I should stand up. I don't know why it worked. I don't know why he was right. I don't know why he sort of figured I was right, but we never even really said anything to each other. And that's about what it is, you know? And it's like, and the openness to being able to go, you know what? Cool. You're right. Sit down, you know? And then I'm going, no, no. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just a really wonderful story that, that kind of gets to the core of <laughs> what this all is like better than a, a long, like detailed explanation. You know, that's just, <laughs> That's just sorry. I'm afraid that was too long and detailed. No, no, no. That's it, I just find it so fascinating when people. It's it's sort of you can do all the work and you have to do all the work and there there must be all the work. But sometimes it's just something that it works and you're like I did it and that's he was right and and I now could say why I think he's right. But it's like but he was right. But he was open to me doing the other thing and it would have worked and he would have shot it right and it would have been fine and it would have been fine and it would have been a different thing. But I think he was ultimately more right than I was. Mm -hmm. To be able to trust somebody and admit it to each other like that is rare. And and a movie that turns out this this good is is that a hundred times, <laughs> a thousand times. It's yeah. it's 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 that making that decision countless times. I do want to uh yeah. talk a few about a few more specific moments from the holdovers that I you know I I sort of get an idea of you know went into it, 
what goes into it for you as an actor. Uh, one of them is a very quick moment. It's just Paul walking through the campus, picks up a football and throws it. Um, it's a moment of physicality, but I'm always so obsessed with a small moment of physicality that tells you all you need to know about the character. It's 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 a it's a moment of of wordlessness that that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what goes into a moment like that? It's a, it's a split second moment. He throws yeah. a football, and you're like, oh, I know who this guy is. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that when I read the script, I go, "This, I want to do this because I want to do that because I think that's really funny and because it is very, very telling in so many ways. The fact that he can't throw it, but he's going to do it anyway to kind of like, and he you know, stretches and, beforehand. And, and this idea that he's out for kind of vigorous stroll and stuff, you know, it's just kind of all that kind of Roman sort of like, ah, you know, very sort of fit and masculine, <laughs> which is very funny to me. I really like, I'm old now, I'm getting old and my body's really messed up, but I used to really like to be physical and I liked being physical on stage and, and I, and I used to really be good at throwing myself around and then I've messed myself up a lot. So anything sort of physically fun to me has always been interesting, but that was, I mean, that's what I just said to you. It was funny to me and the idea of the kind of sort of, you know, this whole sort of, what is he doing out there walking and the cold is good for you, your lungs and all this shit. That's really, and it's all part of his, his fantasy of himself. You know, that's very funny. I mean, this private moment too, he's alone, you know, and that's always funny to me, things you see people do alone. I do remember that doing that, we must've done that three or four times because <laughs> Alexander kept saying, it still looks too good. It still looks like you kind of know how to throw <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, it must look terrible. He was like, no, it still kind of looks too good. Like you're like you got a grip on it. And so eventually the last time I went there, I just thought, in his mind, it's the same thing as a shot put ball. So it's like, you know, it's like a Roman thing still. So it's kind of like throwing it like that, <laughs> like it's a shot put thing. But I love that kind of thing. And it's a private moment. And he doesn't, he thinks he just did a great job. You know, and it's like and it doesn't matter yeah, if he did or not. He just keeps no. on walking. No, 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 no. It's that's all. This is all to the good of keeping him fit and full of vim and vigor and, you know, ready to take on his death. <laughs> I like the idea. You, you have to throw it worse. That's too, it's still too good. Yeah, he was. He was like, you need to, you, it looks too good still. <laughs> it was very funny. But it was fun to shoot. I love shooting stuff. And shooting stuff, and again, no monitor. He's right next to the camera. And when I did Sideways, I had a ton of stuff in that movie where I'm alone in, in places. And and Devine, uh, Devine was talking about how she had that to do in this movie a lot. And it's really a special thing when the person's actually there next to the camera, not sitting in another room. And it's really, it's an amazingly intimate thing. It's really nice. I should also mention that, that Devine is also inc- incredible in this film. Amazing. It, it, it is in a lot of ways, just it, it rides on all three of you. And it's, yeah. it, 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 it really, really comes together. Um, there's another scene, you know, it's it's in a, a liquor store and it's it's Paul telling, uh, it's you telling Dominic, you know, the story of what happened to Paul in college. And it's this very, I wouldn't say elaborate, but it's an open space. It's it's you using the liquor store. There's, it's So I'm, I'm curious, you know, as an actor, how do you navigate the blocking, the environment? I'm sure a lot of, you know, this feels very stagey while keeping it natural <laughs> it, it, yeah, it feels no, like no. conversation alexander was talking about this yesterday in a thing he was listening to him and he was saying how tricky that stuff can be and 
but how rewarding it can be. And it's, I actually really love doing stuff like that mm -hmm. because I don't like breaking it up. You know, I mean, I do whatever. It's a wonderful thing and close ups and all that stuff are wonderful. But you can see entire bodies in relation to each other in space, which is another thing of like throwing a football. Like, I know you can see my whole body, which is really great because most of the time you're just not. So that kind of thing is great. It, Alexander was saying that the really tricky thing with that stuff is if it was a theater piece, which it kind of is for a second, you know, those few hours, you don't have the time to really set all of it. So you got to kind of find it fast. So it can be tricky. And I remember I kept, I kept fucking the lines off and, and I've, and that was bothering me, but we worked the, the blocking out remarkably fast and you have a really good cinematographer who's very, very keyed into what you're doing so that that was all working well and stuff like that and accommodating things. And going, well, that's actually going to work. If we could get something that slides the camera over a little further, we'll get you coming over here, you know, so that they'll accommodate all that stuff. And then you have a guy who's acted on stage. Now, Don may not have done anything else, but he'd been on stage. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that was comfortable to him. And it's like, you know, and you will meet a lot of actors who've acted more in film for whom that will be more difficult, that it's not going to stop, that it's not going to break and stuff, which is, it's a different skill set. But I like it because I feel the real space around me. I don't feel confined by the camera, which I often still can feel so confined. My whole body's being seen. I can use my whole body, all that kind of stuff. So it's really fun and it's well written. So it, it moves on its own. Is that, is that something where you're, you know, between takes or if you do a couple of them, are you finding, are you able to find or use new things? Like, are you like, oh, I can point to that bottle or, oh, look at the Very much so. And you begin to kind of go, oh, right. Okay. I can look at that. All right. There's that shelf. There's that thing. I can look there. I can do that. I can, yeah, it starts to coalesce. There are actors who amaze me, who can come in completely unprepared and you give them a cat and a pineapple and a phone and they start doing all this incredible stuff with it. And it's like, it frees them. I, it takes me a little bit of time to sort of figure out what I'm doing physically and stuff. And then once I get it, I'm, I'm okay. But I need a little time. I'm amazed by those actors who can do. Boom. Who, it, it frees up immediately. And they're like, oh, God, thank God I have a pineapple and a cat in the front. Which um, I had by the way. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, they were, they were your, your, your co-leads. <laughs> exactly. There was a pineapple and a cat. Um, the one last very specific thing I want to ask yes. about for the holdovers is... There are two scenes, you know, to begin the movie, it's it's you handing out tests. Most of the class has failed. It's it's the, the classic introduction to this character, you know, who they are, what kind of teacher they are. And there's a very similar scene towards the end where, you know, I feel like as an audience member, you might be expecting, like, it's a, it's a wonderful life ending where you're, like, totally changed. And you give everybody a Christmas goose or something. But there, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's very yeah. little outward change in the character no. that the audience does understand that a change has occurred. That's yep. So I'm curious, on what relation did you film those two scenes? And was there anything that you did or thought about or a conversation you had where you're like, this is how we're going to demonstrate that a change has occurred, even if most of the characters in the scene, <laughs> he's the same guy. Yeah. I think we probably shot them fairly close together because I think we were in that space. So it must have been in the in space of a few days of time mm -hmm. at that school in that one classroom. So they were probably close together. No, and, and I think you make a really good point about the character and the movie and Alexander's stuff too, in a lot of ways. There isn't sort of big transformation. There isn't like suddenly I'm a new guy. He's the same guy. She's the same woman. He's the same kid in a lot of ways. Like 
an internal things happen. They've they've shifted slightly. They've shifted forward slightly. You know, they've they've assisted each other to shift forward slightly through empathy and stuff like that. But no, he's he's basically and there's this sense that if if he has a mask on all the time, it comes off a bit, but not entirely, mm-hmm. because that's that's true. You know, it's not Scrooge, which is wonderful, where which is about rebirth and stuff like that. You know, and through selflessness and all that kind of stuff. But again, I don't know. We talk about it much, but there's a moment of me and him looking at each other, which says what's going on, because they know something's happened and we know something's happened. But, you know, no, because he still relishes going in there and unloading on those kids. And, you know, and they're still the same set of idiots and knuckleheads. You know, the change you're going to see follows when he gets called in and has to get pushed to the wall where he has to figure out what am I going to do here and decides to fall on a sword kind of thing. Then you see something more has changed. The guy, even though that's a struggle to lie and stuff like that is not comfortable for the guy. And, you know, even so still, they don't hug in the end. They shake hands because there's still this restraint that exists and stuff like that. I just think it's a sensibility that I get that Alexander wants. So hopefully it's all, all this is being conveyed without showing much. But I think it's just, it's a sensibility all of us share. And he finds the same to people who share the same thing. I don't feel like we talked about it a ton. It, it, it clearly works, this unspoken thing of, it, it works. <laughs> it, it, it works, it yeah. works. No, Alexander said yesterday something, again, in this interview where he said, you know, some great French film actor said, you know, the trick is to feel much and show little. And Alexander was like, I think films should be like that. And I think his films are like that. Feel much and show little. Kubrick's movies are like that. Not that they're similar guys, but I always think that about Kubrick. When people say, hold, I'm always like, oh, I don't think he is. He's just not showing you all this insanity going on. And all these people, you know, but you know, it's there. I feel like it's there, you know, and it's like, I feel like in Barry Lyndon, that's all this elaborate world. And underneath it, these people are out of their minds, you know, like boiling away underneath it. Absolutely. Um, I, I did see you say, say something really interesting. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to go into too much detail and, and like ruin. I'm trying, I'll try not, but, Sorry. but, you, but you, no, no, of course, of course. And it's, it, you mentioned that there's a chance that these characters will probably never see each other again. Yeah, which I find really interesting, not just in the sense that, you know, that's a really interesting way to leave it. But do you how often do you think about what happens the next day, the next month, the next year for your character? Is that something that you that that kind of only happens when you are interested in it? Or is that something you can't help doing? No, I think it's I think it often happens. And but I think the more interesting the project, the more interested you are to know. And certainly his movies, the two I've done with him really deliberately leave it open-ended, you know, like the, the, there's this sense of suspension, you know, it's like he drops you into the middle of this thing and you feel that life has led up to this and then it, he pulls you out of it at the end and something's going, going to continue on. In this instance, I really don't know what's going to happen to this guy and I could never, I don't know. And it's a real blank slate to me, which must mean something about, I don't think he knows either, but I've been heartened to hear people say to me, they think he's going to be okay. Because I don't know, but people have said to me, oh no, I think he's going to be all right. He's going to go off and do it. I'm like, okay, that's good to hear <laughs> because I really don't know. But you know, she's in the middle of things and she's going to move on and she's going to, you know, she's at this place and that's where she is. And she's going to have to, she's got the that janitor. Maybe something will happen there. Maybe something will move forward. 
the kids gonna stay there they have what him i don't know it's much more of a blank thing for the guy that i play it will be okay okay comparatively okay in the sense of you know alive you know it's, alive. It's, yeah yeah not like drunk and crashing into a tree right yeah. now you know what i mean so it's like and people were like oh he's gonna stop drinking i was like <laughs> no signs point to that yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't know no, 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 i didn't think it was but you know but i do it is it is good to it is nice and some things do inspire me to think more than others yeah i that, that kind of ties into this this next question i have and it's something we've been discussing this whole time is the sort of wide-ranging nature of the things you've done you know you've done the, the small movies small kids movies big action movies you know you've done the spider-man movies stuff like that you've done stuff like the holdovers you, it's just it's a very wide-ranging thing is there anything that you do to make it feel the same for you is there is there anything that you do to to make the experience feel the same or is that a bit out of your control it's a bit out of your control i mean i definitely will just you know i don't i don't feel i've ever done anything only for money or something there's always something that's interesting me about the part so so i have that imaginative fire that it's like oh this is interesting I'll, it's fun to play like an earthquake expert in the earthquake movie which was great you know so it's like so it doesn't but i it is out of your control and and i can say that for instance that movie san andreas and that guy brad payton made it feel like a small movie it didn't feel like a big movie and Tim Burton on Planet of the Apes made it feel like a small movie. It was a gigantic movie, that movie. And it didn't feel like it. It felt like a little indie. And I've been in little indies that feel like an awful, behemoth, slow-moving, terrible mess. Like, you know, like you associate those big movies with being. And it's like, so it, it really, a lot of that will depend on, on the guy. It's interesting. Um, and as we sort of wrap up here, um, and I understand that this, this this last question I have for you kind of has a different light now that we've you know discovered this I Madman <laughs> thing. But uh, there's something that I feel like by that. I have to. That's fantastic. Now I want to see this movie and see who, who I, it is. I'll be honest. I scrolled through it hoping to see a detective on the phone. Oh, you actually watched the movie? I didn't watch did it. I did not watch it in full. I was just right. sort of going through it. And in... I was like, surely. Anytime I saw a phone, they were in a detective <laughs> thing. I was like, surely, surely Paul Giamatti's in this movie. Um, really funny. But this kind of sheds this, this last question I have in a new light. There's something that Paul says in this movie, which is history is not simply the study of the past. It is an explanation of the present. I was going to ask if you feel that's true of your acting resume, of whether, of, of whether your, your, what you have done helps explain who you are as an actor now. That's very interesting. Wow. That's a, that's a big question and an interesting one. And probably yes. I mean, I never expected to be doing film stuff. And I, and I, and the way I came up through film was doing a lot of very like grunt work stuff, you know, and I, but theater was a different thing. And then it, it moved into, and I think part of what I was just saying about when I was working with Dom was, I think having come up in a lot of ways, it's a really interesting question. Doing a lot of kind of grunt work, I have an attitude that's a little bit about it and sometimes i regret that i wish i wasn't so kind of full of practical about it because i had to be you know the stuff i was doing it was just like very very like get in get out do your job you know as cleanly as you can do it and as simply and you know but but give it everything you got sign of stuff and it's great there's a i think there's a hopefully a level of professionalism that comes from it but sometimes 
it's an explanation of my not enjoying it enough sometimes, you know? I love that. Well, Paul, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I, I, again, I, I cannot stress enough. The holdovers, uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it, see it again. It's, it's, it's one of the year's best and, uh, can't wait to see what happens with it. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It was and, a really uh, interesting conversation, man. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and I'm so glad we could get to the bottom of this I Madman mystery. I can't wait to go look at this movie. You are not in it. Thank you so much, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage. Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at InTheEnvelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.